Hey, everybody, this is Jordan Rudis from Dream Theater, and you are listening to Progcast. Welcome back to Progcast. This is your host, Randy Salo, and I'm very lucky today to have Jordan Rudis calling in from New York. Hey, Jordan, how you doing, man? I'm doing very well. Everything's cool. Let's jump right in. Uh, you are about to release the third Liquid Tension Experiment album, now on April 16th. Uh, this is the first new music from Liquid Tension Experiment in 22 years. How does it feel? Right. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, it is true. This record is coming out. Liquid Tension did produce a third album. The rumors you've heard, the videos you've seen are real. And uh, it's going to happen after, I guess, like 22 years. It's just, for me, it's very much kind of like a blink of an eye. But at the same time, I've really personally been waiting for this to happen again and, you know, kind of always looking for the opening in the sky, if you will, to allow this project to uh, to return and materialize. And uh, partially thanks to, uh, you know, the fact that we're all not touring and had a little extra time, we were able to say, guys, this is it. Let's make it happen. Let's go in to the studio and do this. That was going to be my question. Like, what was the spark? But I guess it was just, uh, you're, as you're saying, uh, everybody's schedule kind of cleared up. And well, I mean, there's been a real desire to do this album. I mean, certainly, you know, Mike Portnoy and I through the years, you know, texting and staying in touch and everything, we would always be like, let's do liquid tension. You know? <laughs> but of course there's a lot to it. Everybody's really busy schedules band uh, disturbances and members and, you know, kind of stormy weather a little bit here and there, you know, things that just happen that, of course, would interrupt the flow of having a joyful reunion. Um, but, uh, but hey, you know, we finally, but the clouds do part and things, uh, you know, all smooth out over time. And uh, there was always a desire to do this again. Um, we just needed to work out some, you know, logistics and some details and some things that were going on. Uh, and yeah, so, so the COVID thing, the fact that we were all home really kind of was the final, like, allowing us to uh you know to to say you know this is the time nick let's let's do it so awesome um according to the press notes that i got from inside out there was so there's like four fully composed tracks two duets uh one on the fly jam and one cover song i kind of want to talk about the four like just broadly the four fully composed track and i wondered if you would kind of walk us through a day in the studio with liquid tension how how do you guys like come in and make a song yeah i mean um well first of all before we went into the studio i was feeling like there was a little bit more pressure than usual about this album i mean it's you know of course after so many years so many requests i feel like man we really got to deliver on this so as far as the comp- composition goes, I was feeling like I better write some things, at least some seeds before I hit that studio, because, you know, God forbid that I get there and like the muse is not with me because we're only in, we're only going to be there for like a 
two week period or something like that. You know, these things get done very quickly. So, um, so I kind of had that, you know, thought about it. So I did compose a bunch of seeds and, you know, just brought them in. But, you know, what happened, what happens is, you know, you get together with these guys and it's like, such a, you know, a shot in the arm of energy to be with these amazing musicians. And also because we hadn't been together for a long time. So the inspiration, there was no shortage of inspiration. We went right into it. I think the first thing we did was we walked in the room and we had like a really extended jam. Uh, and it was like all smiles and we just got off the ground. And it was, you know, it was going. So to write the, uh, to write the composed pieces, um, you know, you got to start with the seed. And of course, John Petrucci has seeds. I have seeds. Tony had things, you know, Mike is endlessly creative. So we just get into it. We, you know, we, we, so basically you get in the studio, you hear one of the seeds and say, I love that, you know, let's go with it, that idea. Like, uh, you know, John Petrucci one day bringing in the riff to that starts beating the odds. That song that we just released a video for, you know, all of a sudden he's playing da 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 at first when he played it we were like what what is that it sounded <laughs> kind of like almost like uh it was very catchy almost like commercial but then the way he was playing it, it nobody knew where the beat was because mm. the way it wrapped around but as soon as we you know figured that out <laughs> we were like we like that that's cool let's just do that and you know then one step really leads to the other so he had that and i'm thinking okay well what can i like play on top of that you know where can it go so what's funny about the writing process and this is for dream theater as well is that very often while people are working on let's say section one like i'll be working on section two even though there's, there's, the, there's the sound the noise it's one going on because you're composing in this crazy process i'll like take music paper and i'm like starting to write like the next part uh -huh. which is challenging because maybe the next part's in a different key. But meanwhile, these guys are playing in that key and trying to compose. But, um, but this is kind of like what it is. So yeah, one thing really leads to the other. And, you know, in the days of Pro Tools, what we can do is we kind of like get a part together and then we, we commit it to like where we lay it down, right? We lay it on that chunk. And then we say, okay, well, let's work. Let's figure out where that's going to go. Uh, and by that time, there's usually some ideas about where it could go. So, and it's always a little bit different, of course, it's a creative process. So, you know, you know, it's nothing that's just set in stone about that process, but you know, the great thing is that we feed off of each other so fast. So after we do have a section, we kind of like get inspired, like what's next. And sometimes, you know, like the seeds that I wrote ahead of time would you know, definitely come in handy because we think, oh, wow, this would just totally go there. We could go into, we could go into this. Maybe you change the key or whatever tempo and modify something a little bit to, uh, you know, make it work. But at least there, there are ideas there that happen. So, um, yeah, it all flowed, you know, really beautifully. <clears throat> it was amazing that, that it got done as quick as it did, really. But that's always the case. So you're like live in the room together and are you just like rolling tape uh, the whole time in the background, capturing all the ideas and then going back and checking them? Or is it just a memory thing? Um, so we're not like, we don't, we're not recording the whole time, but if Jimmy T who's our engineer, 
if he hears us doing something interesting, he's really on the ball. So he'll, he'll hit record just to get it. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I'll, I'll, I'll like say, Jimmy T get this idea, get this idea down before I forget. And he'll be like, I already got it <laughs> you know, yeah. a lot of times. Or if he didn't, you know, we'll just do a thing. So as ideas pop into our heads, like we'll be like, let's capture that idea, even if it might be something that to use, you know, later on. So yeah. So the basics, the basics are that we all got in the studio. We're all together. You know, we're all in our headphone mixes and, 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 and we recorded at Dream Theater headquarters. It's a pretty small room, uh, the live room, but it's, you know, we fit in there and, and that's where we, uh, you know, hashed everything out. So we had all our jams. And at that point, um, you know, doing that album, of course, we were pretty much all masked up as well because that was in the very, yeah. you know, thicker, darker time of all this. So, and hence, you know, there's a lot of pictures of us with masks on and Tony was there with his camera, you know, <laughs> loves photography. And he did like all the photos that, that are, uh, you know, that are on the album and all the promotional things as well. Okay. So, And then for songs like Shades of Hope, uh, which is just you and Petrucci doing your thing, right. it kind of harkened back to like the, an evening with uh, Rudis and Petrucci for me. Um, is this also one of those moments where you're just like, hey, we got this thing going and Jimmy T hits the tape, you know, hits record or? Well, that was, uh, okay, so that was a seed that I wrote uh, before the sessions, just that main melody, kind of the chorus, if you will, of it. Uh, and I had sent it to John actually before because I thought when I wrote that, I thought, wow, this is really pretty and, you know, maybe we should do something with it. So I sent it to him and he went, I love it. It's beautiful. So, you know, one day I went in and, okay, it was time to do the Brutus Bertucci, you know, duet. Because if you remember on the previous Liquid Tension Experiment albums, we also had duets. Yeah. We had State of Grace and we had Hourglass. Mm -hmm. So we were kind of keeping that consistency of having another like duet, just like the Chris and Kevin's adventure with, mm -hmm. between Mike and Tony, kind of trying to keep some, you know, the story continues vibe, yeah. um, you know, to it. So I had that seed. So, but then uh, when John and I got together and the day came to work on this, the writing of that happened really quickly. We were just in the room and we knew the, that theme we wanted to get to, but we just composed the other stuff. It just kind of like happened. And, and then we dimmed the lights, you know, and we just recorded it and it was basically done on like the first take. <laughs> so it was one of the, it was one of these kind of more magical, you know, moments. We really wanted it. Those, those tunes are important. I mean, we, we, I guess, obviously have, you know, that musical bomb that, that kind of travels through, you know, different stylistic uh, experiences, certainly the dream theater metal kind of side, but also, you know, this kind of more mellow, like you said, the evening with that we like to do. So uh, yeah, continuation of that. And I think we captured something really nice. And uh, again, it was done, you know, basically quickly and in a very inspired kind of a way. Cool. Um, the, the, the Gershwin um, sort of recreation Rhapsody in blue, this has a little, this has like a place in the, the lore of liquid tension experiment. Could you um, talk a little bit about the history of, of that, of your version of that and, and the decision to record it? Yeah. Um, well, let's see. So, you know, going back in time, Mike, when we were doing some show, when liquid tension was doing some shows, Mike was like, wow, we should do a version of Rhapsody in blue back then. 
And, you know, that's a big piece and it's hard on many levels. You know, first of all, if we're going to do that, how are you going to arrange it for a band? Which sections are you going to do? Um, you know, so just a lot of work. So it was a lot of work back then. So I remember actually getting the score for it. And, you know, I was the one who started to hash it out because I read music and can kind of do that. So I was actually in, you know, those days I, I, I was working it out when I was on tour with Dream Theater. So I was in my dressing room and I'd be working that out. Uh, and then when we all got together, Liquid Tension got together, we, you know, we hashed it out from there and kind of figured out the arrangement and play and ended up playing a version of it live. And on my part, I did all the, the the sounds, you know, on my keyboard live. I think at the time I was using a Roland Phantom keyboard. It was a, actually like a prototype keyboard. But anyway, I was doing it on that and we played it and it was really cool. So fast forward to now and Mike uh, was like, guys, we should do Rhapsody in Blue for the album, maybe for the bonus or something. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I don't even know where that music is. I don't know. That keyboard is not even in my house anymore. I, ah, you know, I just, my head was like, no, think of some other idea. <laughs> but, you know, this is typical Portnoy, who is just filled with, you know, creative, cool ideas. And he probably could play it, you know, in his sleep still. He's just got a memory like an elephant. God bless him. So uh, <laughs> I don't even know where the music is, you know, like, so I'm thinking, hopefully he'll forget about that idea. Hopefully that'll go. Away. If I just don't say much, maybe it'll go away. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so I found the music. I decided that a whole different approach should be taken. What I really wanted to do was I wanted to do it more like tr treat what I was going to do more like an or orchestra, like a real orchestration. Just obviously it wasn't for live. It was for an album. So yeah. after I found the music, I felt a little bit better. You know, I'm pretty <laughs> much, I like notation and you know, I'm a good reader and it helps me a lot. <laughs> so uh, I got that and I, and I kind of became comfortable with the idea and I took it home. I did all my like final keyboard parts in my home studio, which was great, especially for something like Rhapsody in Blue. So I'm sitting there with my computer and I've got this amazing palette of sounds. I mean, I just love being in my studio with my computer or even like I'm over here now with, with Dream Theater and I got my computer and I just have, you name it, you know, like I want, uh, I want sound. I mean, you would appreciate it, especially because, you know, you're into like movies and documentaries and mm -hmm. i've got all these sounds like if you want to swoosh with a big boom or a descent sound or just an atmosphere sound or, or certainly any kind of like violins or choirs or big heavy drums or people smashing anvil you know and just like incredible sounds so so for rhapsody in blue i felt like wow okay here mm -hmm. i am i'm the painter of this orchestration and i can mm -hmm. do whatever the hell i want you know so and that's what i did so like one second is you know piano and the next second is like a funky like steel drum thing and then it's huge with strings and a choir and it's just like you know i had a great time with that and i think that uh i'm so pleased with the way that it turned out and for me actually as great as i think the rest of the stuff is on the album dare i say so that myself but i think rhapsody in blue is a real highlight Absolutely. and i'm really looking forward to getting it out there and seeing 
kind of like what comes back from it. I think it deserves, you know, some unique kind of like recognition because it's really, you know, it was, you know, even though I was resistant to it just because it seemed overwhelming, I think it's a great, you know, it was a great idea to do this on the album and I'm so pleased we did. And maybe the challenge, yeah, like pushed pushed you to to go the extra mile with all your libraries and stuff like that, right? Yeah, it reminded me of the days when I'd be on tour and Mike Portnoy would slip something under the door of our, our hotel rooms and saying, "Tomorrow we're going to be playing all of Change of Seasons." Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> these things, they ah, <laughs> you know. So. Um, I haven't heard them uh, yet, but there's going to be a bonus disc on the, I guess, on the deluxe edition of the album. And it has a couple of tracks on there, too. Uh, what are those? So we had done like a lot of jamming. It was yeah. like they were they were like hours of jamming. So we went through uh, and basically picked out the sections that we thought were cool and releasable and fun and kind of give people a little bit of an inside feeling for what was going on in the room then. So, uh, you know, all those tracks are from our sessions. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's basically what they are. But they're kind of like selected between a lot of, you know, was, a lot of other stuff in the vaults, you know. I was going to say, you said that they're like little, little selections, <laughs> but they're each like 11 and 15 minutes long. <laughs> but they're a little compared to what we actually did. Yeah, we well. Playing our hearts out there for a long time. Since we talked about it for a second there, I wanted to ask you, like, when you when you came to this project uh yeah. to, to recording this album what gear did you bring what did you what oh. like did you give yourself some parameters like this is the sound of this band this is what i'm bringing yeah that's a great question i mean i think that yeah when i came into the studio to do that i basically had my chronos set up because i knew my core chronos i knew that anything that i wanted to do composition wise and basic sound wise i could do just with that i didn't need anything else the chronos is you know, an amazing instrument. It covers so much ground and especially covers a lot of ground because I've been using chord instruments now on stage with, with Dream Theater for years and I've programmed or sampled in so many of my sounds. So the palette that I have in there is extensive. It's deep, you know, whether it's strings or choir or lead sounds or bass or this or that or pads, I got enough there to cover pretty much any situation so after i did that as i said i you know when i did my final tracks i was able to do that at home so you know if i you know the choirs that i had in the chronos weren't exactly the ones i wanted to use i could go and find you know a a do or an east west choir and just like do it you know however however i wanted to do it yeah, cool. Uh, and are there any plans to possibly do any kind of a live stream or performance um, yeah. with Liquid Tension? Well, yeah, that's a, a great question. Um, you know, at this point, all as far as anything live or even streaming, all energy is kind of like on Dream Theater as far as our management and our agents and our focus is, because that's imperative to our business and it's a real concern. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, in a, in a, when the world is back to normal, then I think we can think about that and figure out what we want to do. I mean, you know, thinking out loud, I guess, you know, there's going to be some time before we can get back on the road, obviously. A dream theater tour is not like around the corner, unfortunately, because of what's going on in the world. Um, so, you know, it's a thought that like we could get together with SLTE and do something as a stream. 
uh, it would all need to be figured out. But there's no plan right now to do any of that. But it certainly is something worth looking at, considering shooting around some ideas about how it could be done. And I'm sure people would love it. Since you do have this other band, Dream Theater, uh, and you're uh, in the process of working, uh, wh- where are you at the, at the moment in in the process of making the new record? Yeah, so we got a great head start, again, for the similar reasons that we were able to even do LTE. Um, so we've been in there kind of, you know, doing it. We've composed it. Actually, you know, I'm here in a hotel room at this very moment. Uh, and... I'm surrounded by, you know, I, in my hotel room, I'm surrounded by cool toys and <laughs> things. So even after the workday is done with Dream Theater, I'm still, you know, creating music here at the hotel. But um, yeah, so I'm working on keyboard tracks now. A lot of the tracks are down. We still have, a, you know, some more work to do for sure. Uh, you know, I think at this moment, like, you know, the guys are busy writing lyrics and, you know, there's, there's a whole, it's such a big process of doing this. But I will tell you that I am, like so excited about what's going on with this album, with this Dream Theater album. I feel like in many ways, it is our absolute best work. Wow. You know, what, what, what's interesting about it to me is that people, you know, people ask me sometimes these days, like, do you feel like, you know, you're slowing down at all? You know, because, you know, hey, I'm 64 years old. And I guess it's possible that some people at this age would slow down and maybe they have problems with their fingers or, you know, with their brain or who knows, who else knows what. But, uh, you know, I, when I listen to some of the stuff we're doing these days, you know, I even said to John the other, other day, I said, we are absolutely not slowing down. If anything, we're going faster. Like, what the hell's going on? You know, I guess, you know, we take care of ourselves pretty well. And, you know, it's not like the rockers of old. We're kind of trying to keep in shape and keep things going. But there's a lot of really crazy, wild, cool stuff on this going to be happening on this Dream Theater album. I can't, even though it's going to be a while, I don't know if there's a release date, but I think it's going to be like later fall uh, coming up. Um, I think people are going to freak out. <laughs> it's really, really cool. It's, it's really exciting. Can't wait for people to hear it. I'm having a great time with the keyboard tracks. I'm, I'm working with Jimmy T, you know, a lot in the studio. And we're, you know, between my love of like the, the sonic world and, you know, his ability to, you know, work with Pro Tools and massage audio to make some of our sonic visions come to life. There's some some really cool stuff going on. We're running out of time, uh, and I'd love to like deep dive more with you about what's going on in Dream Theater and also what you're doing in the rest of your world. It would it's hard to capture yeah. everything that Jordan Rudis does in a half yeah. an hour, uh-huh. but uh, uh-huh. so we hope you'll come back on the show and uh, let us know more about what's going on with you down the road. Absolutely, I w- I will tell you in a little bit of time we have left that um, I'm about to actually upload all the material for a new album that I created, solo album that I created during this whole kind of like lockdown. It's kind of, it's all music that's a reflection of the time. It's very, uh, it's piano based, kind of ambient, but it's very like thoughtful, gentle, sometimes maybe sounds a little sad, if you will, but it was me just reacting to what was going on and going into the studio. And I, and I entered this world of piano, but I was doing all these kind of like um, artistic kind of like um, variations of the piano sound. So it's kind of like this trippy, dreamy, cool piano stuff. 
going on. So uh, just got the final artwork and the final mastered uh, audio and the album is going to be called a chapter in time. Cool. Uh, So we can all stay tuned for it because uh, it'll be out pretty soon. Can't wait to hear it. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much, Jordan, for taking the time and talking to us. And uh, we look, look, we look forward to the release of the album. Uh, Liquid Tension Experiment number three is coming out the 16th of April. We look forward to your new solo album. We look forward to what you're doing with Dream Theater. It's hard to keep up with you. (laughs) (laughs) Got to stay on your toes. toes. And for anybody who's listening, please do check out my Patreon as well. That's a place that I've been putting a lot of focus into. It's kind of a chance to get a little bit behind the scenes in my world, even to hear other things about LTE or Dream Theater or all my streams uh, and to see what I'm doing here late at night on all my instruments and my madness. That's the place to do it. Definitely. All right. Thanks so much, Jordan. Uh, For our listeners out there, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Take care of yourself. Take care of your loved ones and listen to great music. Progcast is a Stuist Media podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Progcast Podcast. To learn more about Stuist Media, check out stuistmedia.com. Progcast is hosted and produced by Dario Albrecht and myself, Randy M. Salo, and is co-produced by Janine Stengel-Lewis and Blake Lewis. Our theme music is by This Is Not An Elephant. New episodes of Progcast drop every Monday and Thursday, and don't miss our Friday Top 5 episode where we discuss our favorite albums that drop that week. See you next time, Prog fam. <laughs>